HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Michter's Distillery. Visit Michter's.com to find out how their taste-is-everything-cost-be-damned attitude is creating some of the finest whiskeys available. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte, and it is a beautiful day here in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm really glad to be inside with some air conditioning. I uh, just got to say that real quick because it's, uh, it's actually summer now, <laughs> but it was a long winter and I'm happy to see it anyway. Um, and uh, we have some refreshing drinks in front of us, and by us, I'm talking with uh, Greg Sider, proprietor of Summit Bar in New York City and uh, uh, the new uh, Cricket Club. Manhattan Cricket Club. Yeah. And uh, and just uh, actually author of the new book that just came out, Alchemy in a Glass, which has been out for about, what, a month or? A month. Looking yeah. at a month. Cool. Yeah. I mean, this is awesome. Uh, I actually just now got to crack it open and look at it, but it's got a ton of recipes in it, man. It's like, it's it's chock full of information. Yeah, it's got some, it's got some secrets in there, too. Yeah. Nice. So what was your inspiration for this book, man? And they kind of came from, you know, all the exposure I have, like, with chefs and my whole kind of, I, like, just really inspired from, like, cooking and being in the kitchen and then converting that into Taking an alcoholic. So, like, you know, John George and Eric Repair and Jeffrey Zarkarian and some of my other, like, really close friends, like, just cook up, like, masterpieces and... You know, I just get all this different exposure to, like, these insane ingredients. You know, especially when I was at the Burner Den, they're like, whatever you want. And I was like, all right, give me this, give me that, <laughs> give me the kaffir lime powder, give me the green Szechuan peppercorn. So, you know, it really, like, helps me add, you know, the layers to the uh, the drinks from getting getting those exposure, those ingredients. Yeah, it's so, nice to have an unlimited spice cabinet. That is, the spice cabinet is, is key. Yeah. And it's also nice to have like kind of an unlimited budget to even be able to do that. Yeah, that, that's a nice that's a nice little perk. Um, but yeah, the book was like kind of started with you know the Summit Bar, kind of making all those kind of cult cult cocktails and 
all the creativity that went into like the name, which is actually sometimes harder to come up with than the drink. Yeah, I mean, I always try to get the name first and then make the drink afterward. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to come up with ingredients and a recipe for a cocktail name than it is to name a cocktail afterwards. Yeah, like sometimes I'm like the drink when going on the menu, I'm like, I just can't get the name right. I just can't get it right. <laughs> um, you guys definitely have a certain style at Summit Bar. I mean, I remember you guys first opened like five years ago. And uh, I remember going there, uh, Christian Saunders working there. And like, I, that's, he's a buddy of mine. So I was like, I, go, I went to see him. And like, I just remember it, it, somewhere, somewhere between like, it's not necessarily West Coast style, it, but it it definitely is like, like it, like you said, it's kitchen oriented. Like there, there's a lot of a lot of thought coming from the kitchen rather than the garden. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, it's I like I get a lot of inspiration from like traveling, so like teas and spices. Mm-hmm. More, I mean, I, I like herbs as well, obviously, but I try to stay away from the muddling and like. Mm-hmm. That kind of, I mean, just gets gets a little messy. So I have some like great friends, like my friend Roderick, a rare tea seller, blends me like these incredible, incredible teas. But I'll get like a dried strawberry or peach blossom, so I'll get the fruit right. aspect to it without having to deal with the fruit. Yeah. And then like the spices from like SOS Chef or Lior. Yeah, I was gonna say SOS. It's like right there. Yeah. It's a block away yeah, from you. Right? Those guys are awesome. And they're just like, here, try this. And I'm just like, ah, let me do something with tonka beans or this crazy, Some like, crazy toasted acacia like you yeah. know powder. And it's like gives this whole nutty kind of popcorn effect. And it's like it adds all those layers of the drinks. And I just have to source out the badass ingredient. So yeah. kind of put the work into the sourcing. So the drink, even though it has multiple layers, is really only like four ingredients. Yeah, I think that's key, man. Um, you know, especially when you said teas. I mean, like, there's so many awesome like tea blends out there where you can just like, I mean, you can basically just put the tea in with a spirit, yeah. and you're, oh, you're done. done. Man. You're done. Yeah, I love that. And especially like if you do like an infused, uh, like I love I love doing tea infused vermouth. I mean, I keep I always have a bottle of tea infused vermouth at home i mean yeah. not always at the bar but at home yeah, it's I like your flashlight it. if the lights go off you need your tea infused yeah. vermouth for yeah emergencies and, and it goes with everything or just by itself but it's great going to like sos or like collusions and like grabbing like some of these crazy like teas and seeing what seeing what can happen with them you know it's such a cool like i don't do a lot of infusions but i i definitely like the tea infusions because it makes sense you're steeping them you know you're steeping the tea but you cut out the water element yeah yeah because i don't really drink water no but i'm saying you can you you know you do the infusion you infuse the agave or you do like an atomized or you make a tincture you make it in the spirit so you can make that flavor profile come out in different points in the cocktail just on where you want to tuck the uh, infusion into but it's it's a great it's a great step because you're like all right that's just a great sourcing product Mm -hmm. and then like you said like then the cocktail has all these amazing layers but you are kind of almost simplifying the process by just picking super super amazing i've uh like one of my main bartenders garrett richard he uh he has a cocktail on our menu at prime meats right now that's uh he found this fennel tea so he's doing a fennel tea infused gin with like it's kind of his like take on like an apple martini. <laughs> so he's got like apple cider vinegar, this fennel tea, uh, some apple eau de vie and honey, and it's like 
So it's four ingredients, but it's like just that they found that crazy weird penalty, and it's like it totally kills it, you know? Yeah, it's like your super. It's like your magic hot sauce. You just like boom, yeah. and it's like it fixes everything. So same yeah. thing with like you know spices too. It's like you know you can get Vietnamese cinnamon instead of just regular cinnamon, and it's mm-hmm. like that whole kind of like. Not such a barky. It gives it a more like rounder candy flavor, and it's just like yeah, it's a totally different profile than just uh, like yeah, that's, cinnamon. That's that's one thing. It's like I I think it's very interesting about where we've gotten to like with the bar. I mean, I, I like using smoked sea salts for like you know I my my go to is smoked sea salt and Aleppo pepper. Just I yeah. put that on everything. That's my secret hot sauce. You know, like <laughs> I, I sprinkle it on everything. I'll put it on my, my Cheerios in the morning. But that's not true. I don't I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> but uh but you get what I'm saying. But like uh then when you get into that world, like just when you see like a cocktail recipe with a salted rim, it's like, well, it used to mean just like some kosher, some kosher at, like, or, or at best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we're at the point where it's like we have access to like, you know, you've got a hundred different salts you can go for. Uh, I remember when I first moved to New York and I started working uh, at my first bar job, I started, I was open up to the world of sugar of like different sugars, like different like Japanese, like Kuromitsu sugars and different types of cane sugar, like, like, uh, Temeraras and Turbinados and things like you know, like it, it, it was kind of like it was a very important, like big lesson for me. Like one of the first things that really kind of like caught my eye when I moved here, uh, and started getting heavier, more heavily into like the cocktail world. And it's like, wait a minute, okay, so we can't just—it's not just sugar and water and bitters and and spirit. You know, it's like, well. Shit! What's the water? Where's the water from? Where's the, where, what kind of bitters? What kind of spirit? Is it the twelve-year Highland Park, or is it the fifteen, or is it the eighteen? You know, like it. You know, it, it's we have so many options. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like the for ways to like what if which is this Spanish paprika? Is it Hungarian? You know, like what are what yeah, kind of paprika? Keep going and going and going. Like an old-fashioned, I could sit on next like fifteen years and keep tweaking that mother. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like that much dilution, that smoked cinnamon bitters, this aromatic bitters, that rye works with that aromatic bitters mm-hmm. and doesn't work. I mean, or this combination of rye and bourbon, you know, like, I mean, Robert Simonson's book that just came out like a few months back, I guess it was. Yeah, it's about the same, same it's, time. You know, Mine came out. Yeah, I, I guess it was. It wasn't that long ago. I'm getting old. <laughs> um, but, you know, his he has a book just about the old fashioned and all the variations on it, you know. And I think that's great. I think that we're at a place now where, you know, when someone walks into your bar and they order an old-fashioned, you can actually be like, well, how do you like your old-fashioned, you know? It, it's almost like kind of in the way that, like, martinis, like, everyone has their preference on the martini. I don't want everyone to start coming in and ordering my drinks and, like, try to do modifications because that's, that's like a no-no with the chef, you know? But uh, But I think it's nice that there are options out there you know it's really cool yeah i mean like i said like the old-fashioned you know like i have like six different tweaks with uh you know you have your aromatics but a lot of the bitters for me like finish too bitter like you get that flavor profile right up front and then it gets wiped out so 
I kind of tend to go more towards like just the straight tincture without a bitter element because then really? you can just really like tweak it like with one dash or one dash of this and the whole that's interesting. The whole drink is completely layered to a different level. See, that's when I make bitters. I usually kind of, I usually pull back on the bitters, you know. And I, I was talking with uh, Jim Kearns about this. Uh, we were messing around with drinks one night, and you know, we like to say like you know, like the not too sweet thing, <laughs> because we're afraid that people are going to make it too sweet. Like, well, you know, if you're in a good bar. You shouldn't have to worry about that. But then we're talking about it's like, you know what? Honestly, you know, I, I love bitters and I love Amari and I definitely love Fernet, you know, things like those. But it's like, when I'm drinking a cocktail, it's like, I kind of like, kind of, I, we were both like, I, mean, we're like, I think I actually have a sweet tooth, man. <laughs> it's really weird. Why? Like, I think we were actually drinking a shandy and it was like, this is delicious. <laughs> we took, some Einbecker Pilsner that's got a nice level of bitterness to it. It's the best Pilsner in the world, I think. But then we sweeten it and put lemon in it. Like, <laughs> I can't believe... Sorry, Jim. I just outed you on it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, like, putting a tincture in sometimes instead of, like, a bunch of bitters, I think that's that's a good move. Yeah, because I think the danger I find with, like, a lot of, a lot of cocktails is they're... Uh add that there's like two bitter components in the drink and it wipes out all the complexity or any of the flavors you're trying to like pull out it's like boom it's like it just pulls the rug out from under it so do you think do you think we as a community of bartenders and and people who like drinks like the home bartender the professional do you think we just got like overly excited over the past 10 years because so many bitters have popped up yeah i think there's like a bitter <laughs> a bitter whore like situation going on between just I mean, obviously, it went from like fees and Regans and maybe uh, bitter truth to, I mean, you know, Jesus Christ. I mean, how much, you know, you look up right now and go to shop for bitters, it's like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. But then, you know, you go and actually go through and taste them all and like how many actually have the flavor still coming out? Like you could have like the whole black pepper you know peppercorn with lemongrass but it's the bitter finishes it so the whole lemongrass peppercorn thing is wiped yeah. out which is what you like you're about, trying to yeah, what, what you're you trying to get it. to come out in the yeah. first place so yeah it's interesting man and then there's always that extra cordial i think there's still like this heavy-handed the maraschino still pops up in like too many drinks man uh you know that's a point of contention with a lot of <laughs> a lot of artists you know the maraschino thing God, Ugh. <laughs> you know I, it's such a cool ingredient to use if you know how to use it, and a lot of people don't. I feel like they don't really know how to use. I think there needs to, there needs to be a certification to just be able to <laughs> use it. You need to be certified to use chartreuse and maraschino. You should not be allowed to have it behind your bar. Yeah, that's, I think you should institute that uh, federation. They actually have a certification thing on the chartreuse website where you can take a test it's like a 10 question test it's and all the information's already on the website but then you could they a, a pdf pops up if you pass it and then you get to print that out with your name on it and frame it behind your bar it's totally awesome <laughs> no because it's like you'll see like so you know you'll be reading a menu at like a great cocktail bar and it'll be like you know whatever gin and like you know, baby mountain strawberries and Alsatian mountain cloud air and bay leaf tincture. And then it'll be like, 
maraschino or chartreuse and then like all right if they added just too much of that then all that other stuff is just disappeared yeah it's just gone and you know i think there's also uh something to be said about you know simplifying your like we were talking about before you know like uh like four five ingredient cocktail you know like the qb cooler versus the mai tai it's like no one talks about the qb cooler talk about the mai tai and it's four less ingredients so it's like come on let's learn let's learn some lessons here (laughs) um actually uh let's learn some lessons after this break um and uh we'll get more into the book and uh what some of the the features are uh that you uh put into this book and it looks really cool too i like like i was saying before like uh the show it's like uh it's a really cool like old time you looking cover and but it has color photographs which i really like yeah you gotta have, you gotta have photos for <laughs> yeah, everything man. Man. yeah so we'll be back in just a moment speaking with greg cider Hey, I'm Michael Harlan Turkel, host of The Food Scene. Do you love us? Do you really? Do you count on us for real food news and content? Oh, we need your help. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a nonprofit organization, which means we depend on underwriting, grants, and the support of members like you to keep broadcasting. Help keep our voice alive. Visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org and click the Donate button today. We promise to never stop in our mission to create a world that's more sustainable equitable and delicious by expanding the way eaters think about food thanks for listening and thanks for showing your support Lichter's whiskey is a proud Lichter's whiskey is a proud sponsor of heritageradionetwork.org If you drink the whiskey that warmed General Washington's troops at Valley Forge, does that make you a patriot? Not necessarily, but it indicates that you appreciate that Michter sets the standard for highest quality, limited production whiskeys. America's first whiskey distilling company, Michter's rich history dates back to 1753, when a farmer in Schaeferstown, Pennsylvania, distilled his first batch of whiskey from Hardy Rye. At one point, a master distiller left his family's well-known distillery to join Michter's so he could be at a smaller, less cost-conscious company where he could make the finest whiskey, cost be damned. Ask your bartender or retailer for Michter's whiskey today. Chatham Imports is the national sales agent for Michter's Distiller. For more information, please visit www.michters.com. That's www.michters.com. Hi, I'm Reggie Watts, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy, and I've got Greg Sider of Summit Bar, the Manhattan Cricket Club, and author of Alchemy in a Glass in the studio today. And we were just talking about a little bit about the book, a lot about Summit Bar, a lot about uh, <laughs> some <laughs> techniques and some ingredient choices, and... I'm not going to lie to you. Over the break, we just poured uh, one of these drinks that's actually in the cocktail book, uh, Alchemy in a Glass. And so why don't you tell us about what we're drinking? And But before you do, cheers. Let's cheers, man. Yeah. yeah. We are drinking the uh, Lions in London, which is my uh, South African-inspired Negroni twist. Yeah, so very nice. Yeah, I was in like South Africa like years ago, and then discovered rooibos tea, and I was just like, 
amazing. This is just floral, honeyed bush. And actually started cooking with it and poaching lobster and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I had Negronis and it kind of was like, God, it's just like a little, it's just that extra bitter. It's just, I can't really drink more than one of them. I'm like, be like, well, how can I mellow this out? And I'm like, shit, yeah, rooibos, rooibos. I'll, you know, I'll infuse the gin, I'll infuse the gin with the rooibos tea. So it gives it that. You know, like same kind of flavor profiles that mellow out the uh, the bitter element. But I like to switch out this new, uh, which we were drinking before, is a Capoletti. So it's kind of like if uh, Aperol, Antica Formula, and Campari had like like a three way, and uh, the best qualities of of all of them came out. So when you're tasting it, right, you really get yeah. that that tea really comes out. So it's, I uh, love Robust. It's my favorite tea. Plus, I mean, the antioxidant quality alone is mm-hmm. worth is worth drinking it. Huge, so. huge. Yeah, I usually have it with like just a, like I'll put a tiny bit of cream and then uh, cinnamon syrup. It's such a good combo, man. So good. Like, and then you know, of course. Throw some sort of boobs in there, but just when I'm drinking tea, that's how that's how I do it. Um, but I, I love rooibos tea, and this is a really great way of really highlighting the tea with uh, some other really great flavors, you know. Um, and this this uh, recipe is actually in the book. Yeah, this is like so. The book's broken up into the classics and then the alchemists. So the classics are what I felt like was like the 25, you know, best best produced classic cocktails but reinterpreted like in you know the proportions i thought made the flavors come out the best made it like the most palatable and enjoyable and then the alchemist cocktails are all like the crazy freaky (laughs) travel genius spices smoked tea nettle and but like how it can be simple like you're saying it's like it's not a complicated thing when i really you know delve into like where you can source out the ingredients so it's like all right it could a lot of the stuff could be in your cupboard, like a lot of these yeah. spices and like fennel and cinnamon and. Uh, it, and I think it's it, I think it's actually fun just to look around. I do it at home all the time. I like look around my spice cabin. I'm like, wait a minute, where the? Oh, I got this weird like, chili powder from Fredericksburg, Texas, when I was going to Lukenbach, you know, and it's like I stopped in this little general store and they're like, this is our like, chili mix powder and then i made some margaritas you know another simple drink and then rimmed them with that it was awesome (laughs) it was it was because i just took a second longer to look in my spice cabinet and look around and i think that's really true what you're saying it's like a lot of these most times like a lot of these ingredients you probably already have at home yeah so that's why like in the book it's a lot of uh yeah, the recipes, but actually, how, how if you want to go into the tinctures and the infusions, I break down how to create all the flavors. So if you have that kind of ambition, mm-hmm. then it's totally broken down in the book. So you can just make it ahead of time, have it in the fridge, and, and it lasts for months. So you could just, you know, pull out your like you know smoked jalapeno, you know, yeah. pineapple syrup, and you already have your tequila and lime juice ready to go, and you're like, boom, boom yeah, and it's like you know, Bob's it, your uncle, yeah. And it's awesome when you're having like a dinner party or a cookout, you know, especially now when it's summertime, finally. Um, when you're having that cookout to break out something that's like a little bit more than just, uh, you know, a bottle of rosé or a, a six pack of Bud, you know. There's no excuses <laughs> but, not to make a great drink. Yeah. There's no excuses. And, you know, like, I feel like those are very impressive things for your, you know, 
as bartenders and as people, as you know, having like a dinner party, you're okay. You're the host, man. You gotta, you gotta throw some fucking yeah. zazz in there, man. <laughs> yeah, I think like that's like the thing with me is trying to teach people how to taste. Like we can just start off with a margarita or an old fashioned, and we should take this challenge, you and I, and we'll just go around and just order those drinks mm-hmm. around the city, and just how few times that like actually come out right. Like, them are one of the most original cocktails, and then just the margarita, but there's, like, like the sugar makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I tend to use, like, organic agave just because it's, like, natural from the same plant. But just, for me, like, the effect, the physiological effect of, like, the glycemic dizziness. Like, if I have a margarita with simple syrup, I am, like, on my ass. Like, I just, it just, the sugar just... <laughs> rocks me so like you know really making sure like if you can find like the healthiest sugar possible mm-hmm. to uh, make the drink but yeah and sort of like really kind of like i teach my bartenders like all right like taste 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 like you have to like know what the freshest of the fresh is like so when i grew up like i grew up in rhode island and i had this crazy like amazing garden my father and mother built so i had like apple trees peach trees grapevines berries you know every single wow. kind of vegetable so like when I was a little kid, I only knew what the freshest of the fresh was. So if I tasted anything lower than that, I'm like, this is like, this is bullshit. There's no way. So trying to bring that understanding on like, you know, training, training your other bar guys. Like, you got to Like, no, really, what's the taste like? You got to yeah, get your palate. Like- you got to get your palate. Because then you would, would never like over layer a drink like we were talking about before with like, you know, an extra bitter or an extra cordial. Like, you'd be like, all right, I just... No, that's too much. Like, stop there. Like, if you can't taste every ingredient you're listing on the menu, you got to stop. So yeah, that's true. I, I I feel the same way. That's why I like. I mean, I love tiki drinks, but a lot of times it's like, you know, I think the trick with tiki drinks is like actually making a bigger flavor than all of the other flavors. You know, and but you don't necessarily taste every ingredient, and that kind of bums me out. Because I like I like having a Manhattan because I like the rye. I love vermouth. And I like a little bitters in it, you know? But it's like, that's, to me, like a perfect experience, you know? When you can taste, like you just said, like you can taste all the ingredients. And I really appreciate the fact that you grew up with a, a garden like that. I grew up on a farm, and we had a garden, and we didn't have a lot of fruit. But, like, I remember pulling, like, snapping asparagus off, you know, and tasting it immediately. And, like, pulling radishes out of the ground and tasting them. And it's like... It, when you know what it tastes like when it's like just like still alive in your hand basically that's a, that's huge man that's huge and yeah. then like but it kind of ruins the experience for you the rest of the time you know like you got to find the farmers markets right? yeah it's totally. tough it's tough if you're uh well like right now there's like tristar strawberries you know it's like uh, you know gotta taste tr- taste try uh, taste the tristar Strawberries. That's hard to get out. Taste the stri- <laughs> Taste the tri star strawberries. Because um, you're like, whoa, this is like a huge flavor bomb. Oh, you yeah. know, of, then, of, like the best. Yeah, and then if you get strawberry. out west, it's like a whole nother ball game. Like my drinks, yeah. you know, when I do job, consulting jobs, out on the west coast, the citrus and the flavors are completely different. So the exact yeah. same cocktail has oh, to yeah. be readjusted. Like the, if you have like a Chandler strawberry. Mm-hmm. from like Santa Barbara it is like insane like I made a cocktail out there they have this really cool gin called Refine which 
they make off the runoff of all the grapes. So the, the cocktail was like gin, soda, and I just squeezed this one strawberry, but it had such a, like insane flavor. Like that was it. I was done. I was like, that, that's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, it's great when you get that much joy out of something so simple. Yeah. I, I think I think there's a lot to be said about that. You know, there's... Oh, man. And, you know, drinking seasonally is, like, a huge deal, too. You know, I, we don't always do that in New York City. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing. Like, you're saying, like, taste everything. It's like, all right, let's taste it now. Let's taste it when it's actually in season. Like, like let's... You know, when we're getting lemons from like Chile or when you know the rest of the season we're like get them from like Florida or California it's like taste that lemon you know uh but like when it's like peak season let's try that but I think there's also that like I had a guy come in last night and order a Manhattan and he was like yeah I'm just I'm just real thirsty it's so hot out there and I'm like dude have a gin and tonic man (laughs) (laughs) we have limes again you know, we didn't, we couldn't afford limes there for like a month and a half. You know, it's like, let's do this right. But and again, that's just me being an old man. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to have to drag you uptown now to the new place stuff. Yeah. Tell I mean, me a little bit more about that. So, yeah, I opened like Manhattan Cricket Club up. Uh, it's up on West 79th Street across from the Dublin house, which apparently a lot of people drank uh, underage there. A lot of my clients. Yeah. But, um, it's upstairs above uh, the restaurant Burke and Wills, and it's this beautiful design. My partner Jeremy Kittredge, like recreated like brand new 1870s. So it's like Gatsby meets Melbourne Cricket Club. My partner's Australian, so kind of has that whole tufted leather, maple coffered ceiling, antique mirrored, like beautiful nice. like sandstone, you know, show bar. So it's a one bedroom apartment. So all the other apartments in there are literally one bedroom so it has this beautiful boutique feel and it's like 38 seats and it's like where, where do adults go these days like where do we go yeah i want to have a cool time it's a beautiful space but it's it's only reservation so it's like everyone has their own seat so even if it's the weekend it can only be so busy but it's you know got the great vibe on top of it so you know, we're doing amazing, like, cocktails, but, like, I'm, you know, simplifying it, like, with, you know, just really getting into the sources, you know, from the teas and the spices and doing some little beautiful bites of food and just kind of curating some cool different cultured nights. Like, we did a cool little Yamazaki. Gardner Dunn was, you know, carving up some ice balls. We had a little <laughs> Japanese jazz night and did the whole tasting. And it gives you, like, a, you know, it gives you, like, a platform to, like, you know, I do all my alchemy sessions, so I do all these, you know, kind of teach how to do what I do in the book up there, but it's like it gives you the opportunity to like sit and have some beautiful cocktails or champagne or wine and like have a conversation with good friends and like I feel that's really few and far between. Yeah. On, on where, where 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 do we go to find that outside of creating it in your uh, in your own house or apartment? I mean, you're, you're trying to bring the adults, the cool adults, <laughs> back out, <laughs> bring them back out in the mix. Yeah, I mean, you got me convinced. Uh, I'll definitely, I mean, I'd go after this, but I don't think I'm dressed appropriately. That's right. I got a, I got, you know, I got a jacket in the, uh, in the closet. Oh, I would just throw a bathrobe on you. I know you like to be comfortable. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. 
Yeah, that yeah, that time it tells when I was walking around the street in the bathroom. Yeah. That was that was I, I think a lot of people still remind me of that. <laughs> but I was really comfy. Um yeah, so I think that's it sounds like the kind of place I would open if I were opening a place right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you got in a fight with your girl and you need to bring her up and make up with her, <laughs> I'll sort you out. It's cool, like, man. We'll take care cool. of it. Cool. But um, yeah, I mean, the book's out. Um, I think it's like amazing for like people aspiring, you know, to learn this stuff or like it's a great industry book and it's, uh, you know, it's out everywhere. Uh, anyone that wants me to sign a copy, uh, bring it up to the summit or Manhattan Cricket Club and uh, I got I'll my, yeah, my pin right yeah, here we're ready to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so definitely go check out Greg at Summit at Manhattan Cricket Club and definitely pick up a copy of Alchemy in a Glass by Greg Sider the essential guide to handcrafted cocktails um, it's a great book I can't wait to crack it open and get into it uh, and uh, thank you so much for being on the show today thanks for bringing a drink That's hey thanks for having air conditioning yeah <laughs> absolutely and uh, definitely swing back into the studio anytime you feel like it we'd love to have you back I'd love to be back D. awesome well that's it for the speakeasy this week check in to Heritage Radio for many many awesome shows and be sure to go to click donate to help us out because we want to keep bringing you awesome people like Greg Sider and more information about all the things that we love about food and beverage We'll see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>